The first topic of the day, it's a serious one. Uh, there appear to be no solutions to Canada's housing crisis, only trade-offs. And joining us on the show to talk about specifically that is Senior Fellow at the Fraser Institute. It's uh, Joseph Filippowitz who joins us. How are you, sir? Hi, thanks for having me on the show. I'm doing great. How are you? Excellent, thank you. You know, so I was reading this article in The Globe the other day. The topic is not a happy one about the housing crisis, no doubt about that. Now, uh, give us a little breakdown on this topic and how you see things. Sure. So, um, yeah, of course, as you mentioned, it's a, it's a tough topic. Um, you know, we have a housing crisis in Canada. A lot of folks are, are struggling. And, and there's, you know, the good news is there's a number of ways to tackle the housing crisis. But the thing is that they all involve trade-offs. So, so that is that they, they all have consequences. And at the moment, it's not clear which of these options and consequences a majority of us are, are willing to live with. Um, so just to kind of break it down quickly... Um, the three kind of major options we have to uh, to close the gap between demand and supply, so, so the, the gap between the number of homes we need and, and the number we actually build, um, are, uh, you know, there's three kind of broad options. The first uh, would be for us to accelerate home building. In any case, we have to accelerate home building, but to accelerate it especially um, out, like, on, on, on the urban fringe, basically to keep growing outwards as we have for, for most of our history here in Canada. That's, right. You know, new neighborhoods new neighborhoods at the edge of town or, or even new cities like, uh, you know, Fort McMurray didn't really exist two, three generations ago. So um, that's option one. Uh, option two would be to uh, to accelerate the construction of housing within existing neighborhoods. So build a lot more housing um, where there already is housing. That's that's option two. And then and then option three would be uh, to work on the demand side. So maybe to reduce population growth, for example, by by cutting immigration in an, any number of ways. Um, so that's that, that's kind of uh, option three. Every single one of these options has 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 really specific you know trade-offs, and 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 it's not clear that. Uh, most Canadians are kind of backing any one of these right now, and that sort of puts politicians in a pickle. Oh, yeah. No, it, it's tough. Let, let's. Uh, it, it's a good news, bad news situation. Don't deny it. Let's go through the three scenarios you threw out there. I, I'm one of these guys that, where it's a build up or build out, and I'm at the point now where I'd like to see the city start to build up. But that's just my take on it. But let's go through the three scenarios you threw out here and uh, take a look at the good news, bad news on it. First and foremost, let's talk about more uh, urban, what do they call it? It's kind of an urban sprawl, a lot of people say. Obviously, uh, land use is a big one, but what's your take on that one? Well, the, the trade-off there is that, um, you know, more land used for housing, it means less land used for everything else. So, right. um, uh, you know, in those cities that are surrounded by agriculture, which is many of our cities, uh, that means, uh, you know, slightly less agriculture than, than would otherwise be the case. And in some cities, you know, there's, there's legislation that actually stops uh, growth from happening on, on agriculture. That's the case in Toronto and Vancouver. Um, so, so, you know, the trade-off there is that, is that um, you know, as much as many people would like to live in the types of housing that are typically built uh, in our neighborhoods that are, that are more suburban, well, um, you know, the trade-off is that there's many other folks who'd rather that didn't happen. So, so I'm personally going to stay agnostic in this debate, but the point <laughs> is that um, it, it's not clear that, that, that there's kind of a, a crying majority of people who want that to be uh, the main option. Yeah, the other to double home building. And the other thing about that too is you have to service that land way out there. You've got to get transit out there. You got to get snow plows out there. The expense for the city is is crazy too. So it's a it really that's a tough one, is it not? 
Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's one of the one of the criticisms. There's a number of, of criticisms, um, you know, for that specific type of development. And, and I don't just want to talk about the criticisms because, again, a lots of folks want to live in that kind of housing. If there's anything we learned during the pandemic, it's that people want to be able to have Space. that house with a yard. And, and oh, I yeah. can't say I blame them. So so there's that aspect. But um, uh, um, yes, it's very expensive to service these areas. Right. If you build a street or some sewers, um, it's, it's you've got fewer taxpayer per per you know kilometer of sewer than you would if, if there yeah. was more dense housing types right so so from a municipal finance point of view it's not the most efficient option and joseph okay so let's take a look at the trade-offs about building up yeah so so in that case um you know neighborhoods would inevitably have to change I'll, I'll remind the listeners that about half of canada's home building happens within existing neighborhoods so we're already doing this okay but the gap right now in canada is a, like the housing gap that we need to fill uh, is roughly 5 million units over the next 10 years. Um, so to get there, we need to more than double home building. If we're going to, if we're going to throw all our eggs in that basket, that means we need to at least triple the amount of home building that's happening in existing neighborhoods, meaning every neighborhood or many neighborhoods will change. Uh, you know, the, the, the physical nature of the neighborhoods will change, which means, um, you know, folks can't stay attached to that. So, so that's a trade-off, you know, for anyone who wanted who bought into a neighborhood expecting it to stay the way it is. Well, you know, the trade-off is that it, it, it likely won't. I do know that people don't like the words consequence <laughs> or trade-offs, uh, but to do to get this done to, to basically cover over the the problem that is staring us in the face, and they're going to have to do something. Uh, we're going to have to go one way or another. Do you see that happening in the near future? Well, um, you know, it's I like to be an optimist, but yeah. you know, we do have to double home building. So, so on top of all this, there's a lot of challenges to to actually, you know get all the materials and, and all the financing in line so that we can actually get shovels in the ground. So, so that's problem number one, but, but it, but it very much is a, like a political will problem because you know, where's, where are those shovels going to go in the ground? If, if it's too sensitive to build outwards, too sensitive to build upwards and inwards, then, then, it, then where's it going to happen? Right. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so, you know, it kind of raises questions about whether, whether folks, whether they know it or not, are, are actually more interested in option three, which also doesn't seem to be entirely, you know, a slam dunk. The other thing, too, people are finding tougher and tougher now to get a bank loan. Uh, they don't have the finances to build a home, so we have to maybe downscale our, our, our hopes and our dreams a little bit. And so there's the financial aspect, not just the, the, the land aspect of all of this. So it's, uh, it's really quite the dilemma we're facing. Absolutely. And, and, you know, as I, as I mentioned in the article, it's not like these are mutually exclusive options, right? It's not like uh, one, one option has to be at the expense of another. You, you could do a bit of all of these, right? Or, or a lot of all of these yeah. um, in order to, uh, to bring balance to the housing market. It's not like we got to do, um, you know, all one or all another. But the, the point is the home's got to be built somewhere and, and, and we need to collectively decide where that is and if we're, if we're just okay with the trade-offs. Hey, Joseph, before we let you go, and, and you said you're an optimist, I like to think that I'm kind of an optimist, too. However, it will take time to do this, to get this turned around a little bit. Do you, do you, I'm going to ask you for prediction. How long do you, if we were to go right now, how long would it take us to maybe turn this around, do you think? Oh, wow. Well, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll see how interest rates go next year. And, yeah. and it looks like every province now is starting to do some, uh, some pretty serious, uh, uh, table some pretty serious legislation to to uh, relax constraints. So I, I'm, I think that we're definitely going to see accelerated home building. Are we going to double home building in the next four or five years? Whew. I'm less sure about that. Gotcha. Hey, uh, thank you. Enjoyed the article in the Globe and Mail. Uh, appreciate your time today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot. All right. There you go. Joseph Filipowicz, uh, who uh, joins us from the Fraser Institute today, talking about... Uh, 
the fact that, you know what, if you want to do this, you're going to have to pay for it that way. And really, when you think about the way society is these days, isn't that always the case? There's always going to be consequences, no matter what you do.